When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered cold-filtered, and cold-packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. The Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast. Over the line, or close it, he's in. A backhander and a save by Tony Esposito. Stan Mikita was a, a small guy, very cocky in those days. A right hand by Magnuson, and he puts that guy down. Magnuson trying to tear his hair out. NBC Chicago's James Naveau. Murphy picked out of that air to Abad. He set him up rolling. Hawks win! Hawks win! Hawks win! Jeremy Roenick! 670 The Scores Hockey Guy. Jay Zawoski. Hawks win! Hawks win again! Chris Chelios in overtime! Part of Blue Wire Podcasts. Game off the boards. He shoots. He's going down to the teams. A game-winning goal. The Hawks live to fight another day. Rolling back. Sobel drives. Skipped it from Scott. The Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast. Chicago's going to be in last place forever. Play to center for Tames. He's got to break away. Tames to win the game. Hawks win. Hawks win. Jonathan Tames. Brought to you by Triple Threat Sports. Fry the Coop. Dr. Squatch. And by the Cincinnati Group. Let's drop the puck. Welcome in to the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast postgame show. Jay Zawaski with you here. Didn't have any plans to do a postgame show, but you know what? The Hawks win. They break their sixth game losing streak so what the hell i'm gonna jump on and do this podcast all by my lonesome james Naveau at work like a responsible human being taking care of things over there at nbc sports uh, nbc chicago rather so i'm gonna tackle this one on my own thank you so much for tuning in always appreciate that appreciate your support uh hawks win two to one in overtime alex to with the game winner riley stillman scores his first nhl goal to tie the game with 3.01 left in the contest against Carolina. And um, look, this was kind of a, a weird game, and we're definitely going to get into it. Uh, first of all, I want to tell you how to get in touch. We're uh, at Gmail, madhousepod at gmail.com, at madhousepod on Twitter. We're on Instagram, madhouse underscore pod. 
MadhousePod.com is where everything Madhouse Podcast lives, including a link to our merchandise shop, MadhousePodMerch.com, powered by our friends at Triple Threat Sports. If you want some Madhouse Podcast swag, t-shirts, hats, whatever, that's your place, MadhousePodMerch.com. Please, please, please check that store out, buy some merch, and support the podcast. And if you'd rather just uh, pledge a couple bucks a month, that's an option too on Patreon, patreon.com slash MadhousePod. So, some stuff to get into here. This was the third game in a row against Carolina. You can see both of these teams are sick of looking at each other and playing each other, and it really showed throughout the game. Um, big moment in this one. Duncan Keith does not return after the uh, first period. On the power play, Hawks are on the power play. Duncan Keith kind of blows a tire. Then his knee or his face hits the knee of the referee along the boards and Duncan Keith didn't return. Duncan Keith is almost never missing time. So I don't know how significant of an injury we're dealing with. I'm keeping my eye on Twitter as I record this, this post game podcast to see if there's any uh, news updates on his health. I'm sure I'll have one before we're out of here, but the Hawks played the vast majority of this game without Duncan Keith. And they're kind of used to playing games without a full slate of defensemen. It's happened to them a lot this season where they've had six and then somebody gets hurt and they're stuck for a significant portion of the game without uh, that six defenseman. But when it's Duncan Keith, someone who's playing, you know, 24, 25 minutes a night, losing him is a big deal. So when you look at the sheet and who picked up the slack, so the game total for Keith, only 537, six shifts. So who, who picked up the slack? Connor Murphy played 26, 14. Nikita Zadorov, oddly enough, also 26-14. Riley Stillman, who scored his first NHL goal, 24-26. So those are the three on the blue line that really picked up the slack for Duncan Keith. And I got to say, they held their own against a really good team. Colin Delia deserves some credit, too, for keeping the Hawks in the game, making some huge saves. But when I look at the recent run of Blackhawks hockey, this game to me was the best one they've played in some time. And, you know, the, the shorthanded goal the Hawks gave up, the one Carolina goal, it's it's almost fluky where Duncan Keith wipes out and then Nikas gets the breakaway all alone. There's really nothing Delia can do on that. There was no one. The, the only person back to stop the play was Keith. He gets injured, not hurt, but injured. And, uh, you know, Nikas scores that goal uh, with at 949 in the first period. Then, you know, both teams kind of, you know, back and forth. When you look at the stat sheet, Carolina's got the advantage, 37 to 27 shots on goal. They're winning the metrics battle. But look, you're talking about a true Stanley Cup contender up against a uh, team that is not close to making the playoffs, that is playing extremely banged up uh, and is playing with five defensemen. So overall, you got to be really pleased with the effort the Hawks gave in this game. And frankly, they deserve to win. Uh, Alex DeBrinkett gets his 29th goal of the season. Absolutely on fire. I already mentioned Riley Stillman with his first career goal. I had not realized that Riley Stillman had not scored a goal before. So that was, uh, it was sort of a surprise to me. Like, I guess it hadn't dawned on me that he never scored in Florida. You know, it's a guy who's got a little bit of time under his belt. So you'd assume that one had gone in for him, but I was not aware that that was his first goal. And interesting, the way it was scored, Stillman's cutting in front of the net like a forward. And Pia Suter takes a shot from the point and Stillman redirects it. And there you have it. Game's tied with 3.01 left. And then with uh, 
you know, 202 into overtime, Alex Dabrinka gets it done on a nice, quick shot from the slot. And man, what more can you say about Alex Dabrinka's season? He's just been absolutely outstanding. And, uh, you know, if, if Patrick Kane, of course, puts up the huge numbers. He always does. He hopefully he probably won't always, but hopefully he stays uh, as productive as he's been. But man, Alex Dabrinkit has been so impressive all year long, and it's not just the goal scoring. He's doing it at all ends. He scored a shorthanded goal in the Hawks last game, so he's really becoming a complete player. And when you have a guy who's that small, you wonder if that's ever really going to be part of their game, right? If if being um, a two way player is possible. And Alex DeBrinkett proves that, yes, indeed, uh, if you're willing to play both ways, then you can. It doesn't matter how big you are. You know, we saw Theo Fleury for the Calgary Flames in the 80s and 90s do the same thing. Five foot six, smaller than Alex DeBrinkett. Dude did not care. He played big. So, you know, part of that is an attitude. Part of that is a makeup. And it's really good to see Alex DeBrinkett go from what he was in his first seasons as a really great goal scorer. And that's about it into a really complete hockey player. And when we start talking about, you know, the best overall Blackhawks right now, he's at the top of the list. You know, when Jonathan Taves comes back, that conversation probably shifts back to number 19, of course, but you've got to be really impressed with everything that Brinkett's been doing this season. So that's really, really encouraging. And I want to make sure I mention too, Colin Delia, who has been through a lot this year, you know, hasn't hadn't played in in months, hadn't played since the first like four or five games of the season, waiting, waiting, waiting for his chance. And then he gets the chance here to sort of uh, close out the season. And he's played really well. And I think this game was his best of his return so far. I was really impressed with uh, his poise in the net. Still a little bit uh, rebound control could use some help, but I got to say, Carolina was getting a lot of sort of odd man chances, a lot of high danger chances. Carolina had 17 high danger chances for uh, the Hawks had 15 of their own though. And that, that sort of reflected, that's how the game felt. Both teams were getting really good chances. And this was a good old fashioned goaltending battle between Colin Dewey and Peter Mrazek. And uh, man, it seemed like Mrazek wasn't going to let anything in, but you know, it's, it's funny, but James and I have been doing this podcast for a long time. And we always talk about how, Simple usually works, right? Puck on net, somebody in front, and good things are going to happen. And that's exactly how Riley Stillman scored. And then in overtime, it's basically a coin flip. And uh, you got Alex Dabrinkit getting his 29th of the season. So really, really good stuff there. A debut, another debut. Alec Regula made his debut for the Blackhawks. You may remember him from the Brennan Perlini trade to Detroit. Uh, Regula is a guy who's pretty highly regarded around the league as a prospect and in the system. And I'm sort of surprised it took this long into the season to get him his debut, but he came in and, you know, it's tough to glean too much from one NHL game, but in his first game, he played 14 minutes and 16 seconds of ice time. You saw him be aggressive uh, offensively, wasn't afraid to, to pinch in when the situation called for it. Liked the poise in his game. I liked what I saw from him. And like we said on the podcast from earlier this week, the big story of this offseason is going to be who are the guys who are long-term pieces for this team, right? And Alec Regula is only 20 years old. He'll be 21 in August. And you'd 
got him, and Bodan, and Mitchell, and Kelnick, and who am I missing, right? It goes on and on and on with all these young defensemen that the Blackhawks have, and there's only so many spots. And I bring that up because the first thing the Hawks are going to have to figure out is the expansion draft, and also Nikita Zadorov. Are they going to expose him? Are they going to try to resign him? What are they going to do? And I think this game in particular was an illustration of what exactly the Hawks have in Nikita Zadorov. He's not a perfect player. He's never going to be. But there were several moments in this game where Carolina Hurricanes forwards bailed out when they saw number 16 standing in their path. Sebastian Ajo flat up pulled up. Tavo Teravainen tried to send himself five-hole on Zadorov, but then got up and gave him a little shove, so I respect that from Tavo. But that's an imposing presence back there. And that's why I think I'm a little more on board with the idea of bringing him back if the price is right, if it's $4 million or less. I'm thinking about it. Because it's, it's hard to find big physical defensemen in this NHL. It's just not a thing that exists. And if you have some of these defensemen that you really like, that we all really like, Boquist, Bodan, Mitchell, uh, Kalanick, etc., all take a step up, that allows you to put Zadorov in a more advantageous role for him. He's not someone you're going to have to rely on as much as you have been this season. The question is, though, okay, if he becomes a five or six defenseman for you, is that do you want to spend that $4 million on someone who you're going to use in that limited role? That's the big question. And that, to me, is going to be one of the top stories of the offseason. I can kind of go either way. I really could. I If they walked away from him, I would totally get it. If they tried to trade him, uh, trade his rights, or if they expose him in the expansion draft and Seattle takes him, fine. I'm not going to be upset about it. But if they resign him to a reasonable cap hit, again, $4 million, preferably less, you know, three and a half, I'm on board. I still think, I don't know, maybe I'm the last guy on earth, but I still think there's a room for a little bit of growth and a little bit of consistency to develop in Zadorov's game. But I know I'm I'm among the few there. And if you have not checked it out already, Mark Lazarus uh, published a piece today for The Athletic where they talked to a number of scouts about the Blackhawks team, some of the young players, how they fared, what they think of them, you know, long-term and, you know, varying opinions because it's varying scouts, but um, lots of good stuff in there. So make sure you check it out. I'm not going to spoil their work. Uh, The Athletic is, I I swear to God, I feel like James and I mention something from The Athletic in every episode. So if you're not a subscriber, they always have deals for like a dollar a month. If you're a sports fan and you have any sort of uh, respect for sports journalism, that is the, if you got a, if you got a buck a month to give, you know, sacrifice half a cup of coffee a month and support the athletic because they're great. They've got the best Hawks coverage in town. And uh, every day there's something cool and unique that I have not seen yet, right? Like a story I haven't heard or an angle I haven't thought about. Uh, here is an update, by the way, from Jeremy Colleton. It says Duncan Keith and Brett Connolly both have concussions. Both players left the game today. I forgot to mention the Connolly thing. Because uh, it was sort of lost in the shuffle of the Keith and then the exciting ending. So, yeah, Duncan Keith and Brett Connolly both have concussions. I would assume that means both of their seasons are over. 
The Hawks finished the year Sunday and Monday at the United Center in front of fans. And I think, but there's no point in either of those guys coming back and trying to play in two meaningless games. So I think we've seen the last of both those guys this season. And it's funny, James and I were just sort of saying like, you know, Duncan Keith's been giving you 25 minutes a night and giving you everything he's got. Maybe it's time to sit him down and give him a break and just let him catch his breath and enjoy the next few games from the from the bench. A guy who's about to turn 38 in July. Well, <laughs> problem solved, I guess, for Jeremy Cowan. Because you know, if Duncan Keith is able to play hockey, he's going to play hockey. And it's funny, I was having that interaction with somebody on Twitter during the game today. Like, oh man, maybe we should rest Keith and play these veterans. Keith is not going to let you sit him. If he's capable of playing, he's going to play. That's just his makeup. That's the way Duncan Keith is. Um, but now it seems to be kind of a moot point because, well, he's concussed. And uh, that's bad, man. Concussions are bad news. We just saw Andrew Shaw retire and his career early because of them. And Jeremy Collin is a guy in that same boat who had to cut his career short because of concussions. And we all know what uh, Jonathan Taves has been through in his career with concussions as well. The economy is made up of real people doing real stuff, and it affects everything, which you obviously know since you're a real person doing real stuff. Marketplace is here to help you get smart about everything beyond the what of the day's business and economic news. We dig into the how and the why with the real people driving our economy. From big tech and interest rates to small businesses and what's happening at the Fed, Marketplace breaks it all down so you don't have to. Listen to Marketplace wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast postgame show. Hawks beat the Carolina Hurricanes 2-1 to one in overtime. Alex Debrinkit with the game-winning goal. Talked about that a lot. Uh, wanted to bring up a couple things before we wrap up uh, the post-game show. First of all, you, we are brought to you by our friends at Fry the Coop and FryTheCoop.com, the best Nashville hot chicken you'll ever have. Go to FryTheCoop.com, check out their menu options, check out their locations. They're in Oaklawn, Elmhurst, Westtown, Prospect Heights, and just opened in Tinley Park. Go do yourself a favor and visit the Fry the Coop nearest you for the best hot chicken you've ever had. If you're going to the Hawks game on Monday or Tuesday, I'd really like to hear uh, about your experience at the game, what it was like to be there, um, what it was like um, in the building, what was the atmosphere, did it feel weird, did it feel safe, those sort of things. So make sure you shoot us an email if you're going, madhousepod at gmail.com. I just sort of want to get uh, kind of a feel for what the atmosphere was like. I was thinking about getting tickets, and then I'm seeing – like the cheapest ticket in the building is like 110. I'm like, yeah, eh. <laughs> you know, to see a game with not a lot of meaning and not a lot of the great players playing. Uh, yeah, I'm going to wait till next season, you know, but uh, I'm sure a lot of Hawks fans listening to this podcast are going. So if you go, let me know. Let's let us know how it went, because I'm very, very interested. Uh, one other thing I wanted to sort of update. James and I spent a lot of time this week discussing the Tom Wilson situation uh, in New York. And I'm sure every hockey fan has seen that by now. I'm sure a lot of people have seen the highlights of last night's game where one second into the game, all six forwards for the Capitals and Rangers decided to drop the gloves 
Then Tom Wilson took the ice and Smith of the Rangers grabbed him and fought him right away. And it was just mayhem throughout the entire thing. Well, remember Tom Wilson, who uh, beat up on Pavel Buchnevich and then uh, hurt Artemi Panarin, was fined $5,000. The New York Rangers issued a statement critical of that decision. They were fined $250,000. So if you hurt a superstar in the NHL, it's a $5,000 fine. If you hurt the feelings of an NHL executive, this time being George Peros, it's $250,000. And here's the other thing. Remember, $5,000 for what Tom Wilson did. Elias Pettersson of the Canucks got fined $2,000 today for diving. So, you know, put out a hit on one of the league's best and brightest stars in Artemi Panarin. The, the most you're going to get is $5,000. And it's it's really frustrating, right? Like, look, bad hits happen. Bad moments happen. It's a game of emotion. It's a game of split-second timing. But you've got a guy like Tom Wilson with this history of violence and this history of playing well over the line. And all you can give him is a $5,000 fine. I'm not going to re-ramp because I did it already on the last episode. If you missed it, go back and check it out because it still holds up. But it just is aggravating as a hockey fan that the best players in the game are not even being protected by the league. And to me, that's a huge, huge problem. All right, that's going to do it for this episode of the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast. Short little postgame show, but I wanted to uh, make sure we checked in after a win because who knows, we might not get another win this season with only two games left to go against the Dallas Stars Sunday and Monday. You know James and I will be back early next week to uh, wrap up the season. We're going to have a whole big season in review, probably series of podcasts where we kind of do a player-by-player review. We'll probably do forwards, defensemen, goalies, coaching, that sort of a thing. So keep your eye on for that. Just because the season is ending doesn't mean we're going anywhere. We're going to do some hot mics during the playoffs. We're going to be around. So stick with us. Uh, It's never too late to subscribe or rate or review the podcast. We always appreciate those five-star reviews on Apple Podcasts. They go a long way in helping James and I uh, promote the podcast. So with that, I'm not going to ask you for any more favors. (laughs) Until the next episode of the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast. The Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast was brought to you by Fry the Coop, Triple Threat Sports, Dr. Squatch, and by the Sits In Law Group. I'm Amira Rose Davis, historian and co host of the sports podcast Burn It All Down. And now I'm hosting the new season of American Prodigy, all about Black girls in gymnastics. For the last 40 years, Black gymnasts have moved from the margins to the core of the sport and changed gymnastics along the way. Now, they tell their stories. You'll meet trailblazers like Diane Durham, superstars like Jordan Childs, and everyone in between. Listen to American Prodigies on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts.